0: Well, uh, my name is Ian. I'm one of the elders here at uh, Rotherham Evangelical Church. And this week we're starting a new series that's looking at the church. Looking at images in the Bible that sort of help us to understand what the church is and to explore that. And so today, very appropriately, as we just dedicated baby Kezia, we're thinking about the idea that church is, is family. The church is family. Now, a few of you I know have met uh, met my brother. Uh, This is also my dad on here. Uh, Sadly, my dad is no longer with us. But when I see this photo, the words, the apple has not fallen far from the tree, sort of run through my mind. Uh, I think you'll agree that there is a pretty strong family resemblance, whether it's the hair or the nose that grabs your attention, I don't know. so today we're thinking about the idea that this is also true for the church. In the idea that there is a family resemblance between us. Now I don't want us to reduce the importance of our earthly families as we talk about this, as we think about this. As Ian's just read for us, it's a very, the idea of our, our earthly family is very important, important to us all. And uh, Jesus and God obviously think of it in that way. Uh, some of those things are commands, as we've heard. However, however, Jesus specifically refers to his followers as a family. And so that's what we're going to dig into today. So for all you lovely note takers, or for those of you who like a road map of where we're, we're going, we're going to look at this under three headings. We're going to think about this as uh, family DNA, family life and family relations, relationships, family DNA, family life, and family relationships. And usually here at uh, Rotherham Evangelical Church, I will use REC because that's probably quicker, uh, we, usually on a Sunday we'll look at one particular passage of the Bible and dig down into that and explore what it says. Uh, in this case, we're going to be jumping around a bit. It's more of a thematical uh, look at what the, the Bible has to say. So uh, we'll be jumping to a few different places in the Bible. I'll give you the those passages, but I'll also read them out to you so you don't have to go and find them. But drop them down for later if you, if you want to. Um, first of all, then, our family DNA. Your DNA or and I've got to look down to read this, uh, or deoxyribonucleic acid, which is why we call it DNA, uh, carries our genetic instructions. The genetic instructions for all life. On one level, human DNA is different to other species. Someone who knows about these skin things could look at your DNA and say, yes, this is a human and not an armadillo. Uh, This belongs to a human being. However, our DNA can also identify us uniquely out of billions of other human beings. It can identify our our birth relatives. Many of the the popular sort of family tree websites now have the option to, to where you can send your DNA off and they'll tell you who you might be related to. According to the internet, a family is a group of people related either by recognised birth or by something like adoption or marriage, something like that. And this same idea is true for the church. The church is family. And one way we can tell that is through our spiritual DNA, not our physical DNA. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. All Christians are born again. We are born into the family of God. We have one father, God, who we call Abba Father, literally Dad. And being born again is part of what makes us Christians. It gives us the the family DNA. Perhaps you find that hard to relate to if your family relationships are different. Perhaps if you've been, for example, adopted. Well, a Christian's family relationships can also be described in the Bible as as adoption. Paul writes, describes this, he he says this in a couple of places. Ephesians chapter 1. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure or will. He also writes in chapter 8 of Romans, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption as sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So whether you're looking at it through the lens of being born again or through the lens of being adopted, this makes us family. And, and just, just to be clear, I'm not talking about family in some sort of wishy-washy, romantic, skip-through-the-daisies kind of way. I mean it literally... Makes us family. So, so a, a, a Christian's physical DNA says that they're human and their spiritual DNA says they're Christian. And just as our physical DNA can tell us who our actual physical human, particular human family are, likewise our spiritual DNA will identify as us as belonging to a particular spiritual family. In this case, to Rotherham Evangelical Church or whatever church it is that you go to. My DNA says I'm human. It also says I am a Fenton. My spiritual DNA says I'm a Christian, but also that I'm part of Rotherham Evangelical Church. So what's in this spiritual DNA? Well, how are we going to describe it? Let's dig down what's in it. Firstly and most importantly, the truth that we believe is in our spiritual DNA. DNA, the good news about Jesus, the gospel, the fact that that Jesus is the holy and perfect son of God and that he was sent into the world with the, the great love of him and his father because they knew that our sin had caused the family relationship between us and God to break down. It had broken down because of our desire to be the boss, to be our own rulers and so we We have this risk of being eternally separated from God. And so God sent his son, Jesus, to go and say, restore that relationship. Restore them to the family. And so Jesus pays the debt that's been caused by that separation, the the debt that he pays in his own blood, his own death. And then rising from the dead, he confirms that our only hope in him. All Christians have this in their spiritual DNA. But also that God has then given us the Bible, his living word. He's instructed us to baptise believers and to celebrate communion together. And he's adopted us as his dear children through the Holy Spirit. That he has united us as one. He's united us with himself, the very being of God inside us. Henry Scougal wrote that he would rather see the real impression of a godlike nature upon his own soul than to have a vision from heaven or an angel sent to tell him that his name was in the book of life. Our spiritual DNA includes the fact that we have turned away from our old way of life to follow Jesus imperfectly, sure, but sincerely trying to follow the will of our father and out of thankfulness to him trying to think about how we might please him why we might follow his will trying to follow his will Jesus said this Matthew chapter 12 the folks outside said your mum and dad are outside they're looking for you uh, and Jesus says, "This who is my mother and who are my brothers?" Pointing to his disciples, he said, "Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, and sister, and mother." And that is the that is in the DNA of, of all Christians. Uh, then there, but then there are parts of the DNA that are true, more true for some churches than others. Each church will have a different emphasis. Each church will have a different uh, view of ministry slightly in, in one way or another. So one of those things for REC. And, and some of these things will be true for many churches. We're committed to Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and Saviour. Romans chapter 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We're committed to Jesus. We're committed to the Bible as being the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is God-breathed. How much of scripture is included in the word all? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so we're committed to Jesus we're committed to the Bible we're committed to each other you've just seen that a moment ago with Dave and Esther and Josiah and Kezia we pray for one another love one another serve one another give to the work of the church so we can look after each other and we're committed to sharing what we believe with others We share these things as our DNA. That's what makes the particular family Rotherham Evangelical Church, this and other things. And and family is such a great picture of the church because we experience those things relationally, which is what families do. REC is a family and relationally. We'll experience those things. Yes, we experience God, but we experience God together. God desires that we should have fellowship with Him and with one another. You heard there from the the passage, Barry read there, uh, one, chap- one John chapter one. John says that he and the other apostles have, have written down what's in the Bible, what what things that they have heard and and seen, even the fact that they've touched. Jesus. Why? So that we might have fellowship with them and in fact fellowship with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. They they didn't write this stuff to, to make us good people. They didn't write this stuff to tell us how to live our best life now or to make us how to make lots of money. But that we might have fellowship with them, that is, of the Christians, and with God. So this is, stuff is all, all relational. It's about how we relate to one another. And that is why the Bible points us to this idea of church being like a family. Because it's a, it's a really good picture of what we, we are. Well, if R.E.C. is a family, and that, that is our family DNA, then what does this family do together? Uh, how can we see this family interacting with each other? Uh, well, what does your family life look like? Uh, long walks in the countryside? Uh, playing games together? Uh, perhaps playing sport together? Perhaps something quite chaotic? Perhaps something quite organised? Uh, everyone uh, very noisy or very quiet? Do you sit and watch the wrestling on the TV? Uh everyone sit and quietly read a book. What's it look like? well let's talk about what our r e c family looks like our second heading family life we We relate to one another certainly on on Sundays. This is our most important gathering, the most important time when the family gathers together, but we do life together in other ways during the week as well. We do family life together, whether on Sunday or during the week, intentionally. We do. We want to do it intentionally. And these when we get together, we renew our our identity. And this is what families do, isn't it? When when we get together, families are are re- consciously or unconsciously reinforcing their values, the things that make them who they are through through shared experiences, through, through remembering different things, through, through teaching one another we talked Ian was talking about what we teach children i love uh hanging out with denise's family talking about the old days um for want of a better phrase and and i've heard some of these stories so often that i can tell you those stories even though i wasn't there in fact, some of them weren't there when the stories happened, so they're telling stories about something their maybe grandparents told them, and I now, can now tell you their story from them that they got from their grandpa. You got the picture. But those stories are reminding themselves about what matters, what matters to them, encouraging and teaching the younger family members uh, what makes them the, the Fletcher family. And this happens at REC when when we get together. What we're doing now, we're worshipping God together, which encourages us and builds us up and teaches us about what matters to this family, this church family. As we listen to the Bible, as we pray together, as we sing together, we serve one another. We serve one another as ways to, to express our love for one another in lots of different ways. We invest in each other's lives by getting to know each other. We pray for each other. And because we've invested in each other's lives, we know what to pray for. Because we've been serving each other, we know what to pray for. We celebrate, like families do, we celebrate things together. Baby dedications. We Just seen Dave, been with Dave and Esther, celebrating. The gift of new birth that Kezia is. Making commitments like their their own earthly family has just done. Next week, we're going to be celebrating some baptism, celebrating those who've said, yes, I've, I've got this DNA as well. I'm in this family as well. Weddings, communions, even, yes, funerals, the funerals of, of faithful saints who have preserved to the end of their lives, all of REC family life. And sometimes we just... Hang out together. Prayer groups, catching up over a coffee with a brother or sister, a phone call, a WhatsApp message, life groups, Bible studies, barbecues, playing computer games, trampolining, if you're young enough and uh, fit enough. Personally, I'm past my trampolining years. Uh, Just going for a walk. These are the kind of things that our church family does together. But they're, they're not for their own sake. They, they must never become purely for their own sake. They are places where our family relationships are forged and renewed. Where DNA, this DNA is taught and remembered. Reminded of. The people who are added to our family. Are, are, are talked about these these values and people will be added to the family whether we're talking about at the level of of uh, the global level the universal church of people becoming christians whether we're talking about rotherham evangelical church they come they people will observe us people will watch how we are as a family again whether we're talking about christians or we're talking about rec what do outsiders think about us? There's a number of you who visited us today for the first time. We would love to hear from you. How you found being with us today. What do outsiders think about your family? Those who observe your daily life, what would they say? As a teenager, I was, I mean, I was so embarrassed about my family. I have to say, all your teenagers... Say amen. Uh, they, they just I just felt like oh man I just I didn't want to bring my friends home to be honest with you and that was that was totally wrong. My mum and dad were lovely, absolutely lovely people. What would your family look like from the outside? A good team, always arguing, a bit weird, enjoying life together our third heading then family relationships what does Jesus want outsiders to say about this family what does Jesus want to say about us to say about the, uh, outsiders to say about the family of Christians he's told us John chapter 13 he says this John chapter 13 verse 34 a new command notice the word there command a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another verse 35 by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It is love that God wants people to see when they look at his, his family. The love that God had, God the Father has had for the Son and the Holy Spirit since before time. The love that the Son has had for the Father and the Spirit since all eternity. We are now invited into that love through the death of Jesus, and he then invites us to then share that love on again to each other. So that people will better see the gospel. They will better see the good news about Jesus. Those looking at our our family should see us encouraging one another as we hang out together. Building each other up, supporting each other in the trials of life. Hebrews chapter 10, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but what? But encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaches. We want people to see us holding each other accountable, standing up for the values that are in our DNA. Knowing each other well enough that when we sin, we can call it what it is and quickly point us to God to be restored Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently we want people to see a family that is unified a family that is unified Jesus prayed this prayer in John chapter 17 about his people this is from reading from verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you, you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. This is what John wrote in one in chapter one, the Bible read. That may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, and have loved them even as you have loved me. And the result of all this, the result of this, again in the passage Barry read there, Uh, Verse 4, the result uh, is what John calls fellowship with the Father and Jesus and and each other, and which is joy, complete joy. We will experience real joy as a result of these family relationships. Not only joy, when, when you read there from, from verses five down to ten, what will also result is growing in holiness, growing and being more like Jesus. And and get this one, Ephesians chapter three verse ten, this 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 blows my mind. Verse three, verse ten. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished. In Christ Jesus our Lord. For all its messiness, for all its dysfunctionality, for all its imperfections, for all its ups and downs, for all the ways in which we sometimes hurt each other. When angels look at the church, they see the wisdom of God. So can you get why this really matters? In an increasingly individualistic world, our earthly family matters. And our spiritual family matters. We don't see Christians in the Bible on their own. They're called together into churches. Into families of believers. So how are you finding family life? How are you finding your church life? Can you recognise what the Bible is saying here what I'm suggesting to you if you are a visitor with us please do share with us what's our DNA like what do we look like how are we are we welcoming do we preach the word faithfully let us know perhaps you're not a Christian and you're with us today I hope you found this this Interesting and enjoyable being here with us. Uh, Do you get the sense that God is calling you into a family like that? Into a family like this? Trust me, he is calling you into a family like this. Specifically, he's calling you to follow him. To trust him. And to follow him with other Christians. Who you can become part of a Christian family with. It's a truly special thing. It is a wonderful thing to be in the family of God. Perhaps you're here and you're plugged in and you're a regular attender. Uh, How's your family life? How's your spiritual family life? Uh, Are you intentionally loving and being intentionally loved? Are you intentionally encouraging and being intentionally encouraged, supported, held accountable? I pray that increasingly we all are. Perhaps you you come regularly, but you're you're sitting on the edges in the church. You're sitting on the boundaries, the the periphery. I know it can be hard to to step across some of those barriers, those barriers in our culture, the the barriers perhaps of of past experiences of church. Even barriers in our, in ourselves and our own personalities. I I, I get that. And beloved, Jesus died for us all his prayer was for us to be united as one don't stay out on the edges jesus doesn't doesn't want you there he wants you plugged in in the middle well let me offer you some practical steps that we can take as the family of god If you're not a Christian and you're with us or, or perhaps you're visiting. Perhaps you've been visiting for a few weeks and you want to find out a bit more about this thing called church. This thing called Rotherham Evangelical Church. Please talk to someone who's been up here on the stage. Somebody who uh, you perhaps are sitting next to who you know is, is regularly at the church. Find out a bit more about us. Uh, watch us how we are for all our messiness, our disorganization. Uh, By the way, anyone who says they don't like organized religion, don't worry, come to REC. We're disorganized religion, we're really good at it. Um, Just just come along, find out what we're like. Uh, Come out on the 8th of October to Ian and James. Have a cup of tea, have a slice of cake. Allow us to introduce ourselves to you and find out what we're like. Maybe you know that. Maybe you know what we're committed to and and what our DNA is. But you haven't really had the chance to meet too many people here yet. Sign up for a Sunday lunch next Sunday. Either as a host or a guest, get to know a family who you and a group of Christians who you can plug in with there perhaps you've been coming for a while but you're not yet a church member talk to us about being a member of the church not sitting on the edge of this family but coming into the, to the middle hopefully you know our values you know what our family life is like you, you've probably been taking part in it if that's your situation coming to the middle where you're going to be uh, become a church member where you're going to be, uh, have more opportunities to do that loving and encouraging and supporting those uniting bits that Jesus has commanded you to do. but you are here and all this talk of family life is very painful for you. As Steve was saying earlier, perhaps like the royal family, you've, you've recently lost a family member. Or your family is not a loving and a nurturing place. Perhaps you've left your family overseas and you're here on your own. Let me encourage you to do something very specifically about this. Actually, this is for all of us. Uh, it's a practical and valuable thing that you can do, whatever your age or background. Identify people in the church, specific people who can be your spiritual mothers and fathers, your spiritual brothers and sisters. I continue to be blessed by the relationships in church with those who I consider in those categories. They encourage me. They build me up. They support me. They kick my backside when I need it. Uh, I asked Joan if I could uh, slightly mention her at this point. I consider Joan to be my spiritual mother. I know she's actually a spiritual mother to quite a number of you. Uh, and I am blessed by that. I am better off for it. And yeah, she will encourage me. She'll send me a text message every now and again. She'll say, oh, she's praying for me. And yeah, once or twice, she's had a little word in my ear, you know. Sorry, Joan. Sorry about that. Trust me, don't disappoint Joan. It's not good. Uh, but and I know that she has many spiritual sons and daughters here in the church. And Bless her, picking on, picking on her as an example. But this is, this is important. It's important for me because my mum and dad are no longer with me. So it's important to have people in my spiritual family who, who will take up some of that role. Uh, teenagers, I want to encourage you to seek out the older members in the church. Yes, I know we're a bit weird and wrinkly sometimes, but, but this may shock you, we were teenagers too. We kind of remember what that was like sometimes a bit more vaguely than other times but we've prayed a lot of prayers we've read a lot of stuff in the bible we we've lived lives with many triumphs and tragedies listen learn from our learn from our lives it's a popular thing to say uh, learn from your learn from your mistakes no 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 learn from other people's mistakes okay it's a lot less painful right don't learn from your own mistakes Talk to other people, find out what mistakes they made and don't do that, okay? That's what what you've been put into a church with some older folks for, is to learn from them. And sometimes they will even learn from you. If you're well settled here in the REC family, then be quick to be spiritual brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers too, other people who come and ask you that. Ask specifically, folks. Say, would you take that roll up for me? And be prepared to invest in your spiritual brothers and sisters and your spiritual children. You might have heard the expression, blood is thicker than water, which means that family relationships are most important ones. I think we understand that. I think we can get that. Remember. Blood has been the price to get you into the family of God. Blood has been the price to get you into the family of God, into this family of the church. Jesus paid the price in his own blood for you to be born again into this family. If you're a member of Of the church here if you're a member of another church the blood of Jesus was the entry price it's no wonder that we're supposed to have strong relational bonds with each other if that's been the price to save the person who's sitting next to you no wonder we're one family let's pray